finish that time. So, today, guys. Is <laughs> that so you're like Maraca? Yeah, so today, guys, I have to update y'all on our coffee drinks. Our AC is off, and that means that we are sweaty messes because it's Tennessee weather and it's humidity and it's like 90 billion degrees I'm not outside. That sweaty. Are you sweaty? I don't know. I think I smell very good, though. Oh, no, I don't. I took a shower. So. Well, I didn't. Well, well. <laughs> yikes. So we're drinking our ice cold brew coffee today. If you can hear it. Um, so, yeah. So I'm going to be real with y'all. Holly and I have really been out of it this past week. We've been both dealing with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of inner turmoil, I guess would be a good way to put it. And so, I am really praying for the Holy Spirit to just speak through us in this podcast because, I'll be real, I didn't want to do this. I don't think Holly wanted to do it either. Nope. But it's our duty and it's our calling where the Lord has specifically placed this in front of us and we're going to walk it. And so, um... Here we go. Anxiety's a thing. I mean overwhelming to thing and I just want to tell you guys that and if you're in a season or you ever get to a season it's a thing it happens it exists like it's hard and that's a fact and so we're gonna jump right into this and I bet we'll start talking really fast and getting really excited like two minutes in so because the coffee will because the coffee will kick in and the holy spirit Jesus (laughs) okay so I'm gonna try to not edit this and just leave this as raw so hopefully I don't mess up this is the second time doing it I already messed up really bad in the first one so Jesus, Holy Spirit, speak through us. All right, so we're talking about having a relationship with God. Gracie, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Gracie's in here. Gracie, say hi. Hi, podcast. Gracie's on the podcast. She made it. Guys, I... <laughs> you made it in life. So we're talking about having a relationship with God. Um, we're in a when we're <laughs> we're in our I'm Saved Now What series. And this week we want to focus on what it means to be in a relationship with God, what that looks like, and how to maintain that in a world where it's really, really confusing and really hard. And so we broke it up into three parts to kind of help us plan this. And the first part is why should we have a relationship with God? And so the first point I really just want to dive really deep into it is it determines where we spend eternity after we die. And churches don't like to talk about heaven and hell they don't like to talk about hell because it's scary and it doesn't make us feel good and it gives us anxiety. Um, be, I mean, which is justified because it is scary and it's horrible, but it's a thing and it's real and we're bound to get there if we don't have a relationship with God. And I want to stress this as well. We deserve to go to hell. It is not God not being nice. It's not God not being fair. It's us deserving to go to hell because we are broken, we are evil-willed, and we are sinful creatures without the blood of Jesus. And so when we aren't in a relationship with him and we haven't allowed him to cover us with his blood, we are not seen as blameless. We are seen as broken, evil, and sinful. I mean, 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And then Matthew seven thirteen through 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only if you find it. And so, it very plainly says in the Bible that if we are not having a relationship with God, we are going to go to hell, because we deserve to go to hell. And God is already graceful with us for giving us the opportunity to not have to choose the broken, evil path but he has laid out the path of righteousness for us that we get to follow. 
And so when people in these days feel like they deserve to go to heaven, they're sadly mistaken because we, none of us deserve to go to heaven. It is with Jesus' grace that we are able to go to heaven. Nothing that we can do other than run after Jesus. And that drives me crazy when people are like, no, I deserve to go to You know, whatever. That's besides the point. Anything you want to add, Holly? Nope. Mm-hmm. I think you covered it. We still need to get one of those bell things. Bell I things! Can, we can push when I'm like, yes, that was well said. Thank you. Nope. Sorry. Um, so, also, it is the only thing that's generally going to grow us and give us purpose. Ecclesiastes is a really great book for purpose and for all those fun things. Basically, Ecclesiastes is King Solomon wrote this after he spent many years um, kind of indulging in the world and women and riches and work and sin and really anything under the sun that isn't of God. Um, And he basically talks about how meaningless it is and talks about how he literally just felt empty at the end of the road. Um, And honestly, we hear a lot of celebrities and people coming out who have this fame and who have this fortune and who have kind of whatever they want at their hands. Um still feeling broken and empty because they don't have Christ. Um, and so Ecclesiastes 2.11 says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Ecclesiastes is a very depressing book because he's basically Solomon saying, everything is meaningless, nothing has meaning, until you throw God into it. And so when we become ambassadors to Christ, we are given a purpose, we are given a calling, we are given a direction of what we're supposed to do with our lives. I mean, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. And so when we start running after Jesus, we are given that calling, first of all, and then how we are supposed to do that and cultivate that in our world. And our callings are all going to look very different each other which is really cool and what makes god so special that he has planned different plans for each person and he's just so thoughtful in that way but when we are just following the world the world just tells us to do what makes you feel good and to be quote-unquote successful and giving a specific definition for success when the people that still follow that still feel empty at the end of the day and still feel worthless and feel like they aren't enough but when we run after Christ, when we run after Jesus, um, that is where we start to feel whole, and that is where we start to feel enough. And we'll kind of talk about that when we talk about the different types of quote-unquote relationships we have with God. Um, and also, um, first or Second Timothy one nine says, "Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Jesus Christ before the ages began." Again, we have a calling when we start running after Jesus. We have a purpose. We have a reason for life. When in reality, when we're following the world, the world only sparks destruction in our lives and only tells us kind of that we're worthless and that we'll never be enough to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, And so having a relationship with God is the only thing that's going to grow us which, again, we'll talk about a little bit more when we talk about the different types of relationships we have with God and give us an actual purpose and a calling. Holly, anything else you want to add to that? No, you say everything. (laughs) Okay. So, I'll take a sip of coffee.
This hits the spot. I'm gonna start going off the rails here. Okay. Sure. <coughs> In my Australian accent. No. That would suck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Darren Whitehead. Uh, part two of this uh, um, is the different types of relationships we have with God. And so I want to say God is never changing. And I don't want, when I say this statement, I don't want that to just come off confusing, as confusing. But God almost wears many different hats with us. Does that make sense? Yep. And so, depending on what season we're in in our lives, he reveals a new part of himself or a new characteristic of himself to us. And so, we have, like, kind of three different, like, major, like, hats that we both have experienced and to some degree or maybe, like, experiencing now or whatever. And we, I have father, a savior, and a bridegroom. And I told Holly I wanted her to take over the father aspect. And so, Holly Hefner, would you like to begin speaking on this? Yeah. Okay, go. Um, I feel like God as my father is a good one for me to talk about in this stage of my life. Um, just because my earthly father is wonderful and I think that right now I don't really have my earthly father because he lives in Africa and I'm not in Africa and so um the Lord has just been a really good uh dad to me over the past couple months just with figuring out life and what's going on and which I'm sure we'll get into it in a later episode (laughs) but um I feel like the four things that come to mind when I think about God as my father is he's an encourager, a provider, a protector, and then a guide. <clears throat> and I get those four things because that's what my own father does um, here on earth. And um, so I see that in play in both aspects. And so um, I love in Matthew 6, um, it says... Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Mm. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. Do they not toil, nor do they spin? Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. This is kind of long, but bear with me. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, he will not much more clothe you, you of little faith. Um, And then he goes on talking about, like, don't worry about all these things because the Lord's going to provide for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I love that because, like, as a father, your main goal is to, like, provide for your kids and to protect your kids and to guide them and encourage them and lead them in life and like that is what God the father does for you and he even says like he cares about all these things he cares so much about even the birds of the air but yet he cares for you so much more Mm -hmm. and he provides all of these things for for the for the such a little tiny sparrow that flies around (laughs) and like he's just and and later in seven in uh not verse chapter seven he says in let's see verse nine or what man is there more among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not give him a... He will... Oh my gosh. Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how much... 
how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. I need my glasses. That was, that was rough. <laughs> um, and I love that Jesus says at the very end of verse 11, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? I just, I feel like this has been so relevant in my life just even over the past few weeks because I've asked the Lord for so many things and one of those being like okay God I need you to start changing my character I need you to start doing this like please mold me in this way and like Mm -hmm. he's done it he's Mm -hmm. he's starting to do that and I can feel it and I think you can probably see it in the physical world and there's just things that like the Lord has provided for me as my father because he loves me and he loves me so much and and he doesn't want me to stay where I'm at. Like, he wants to encourage me and push me to be better. And that's what it looks like um, as God, as your father. Because your your earthly father should be doing the same thing. And so I love the picture of God as my father because he, not only does he does all those other things, but he also, like, disciplines me and he pushes me and he molds me and he, like, does all these things, but he does it out of love, not out of anger. Mm. And he gives me so much grace, and and I don't deserve any of that grace because I do I mess up all the time, but because he loves me so much, he nurtures me, and he cares for me as a father would, and I that's beautiful. Mm, that's so good. That's it. I love it. Full and that stop. that's kind of where like the whole growth comes <clears throat> in. It's like only through Jesus will we truly grow into a better version of ourselves, because Jesus is constantly molding us as our Father. And changing us, kind of like what you're talking about. So that's where that growth comes in. So good. Bell. Bing, 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 bing. We need to get one. I'm going to order one on Amazon. Do it right now. So the next characteristic I want to talk about is the Savior. Um, he's our Savior and our Rescuer. Um, it reminds me of a song by Ring Collective where it's like, He's our Rescuer. He's our mm. Rescuer. Yeah, that's a good one. I love Ring Collective. It's such a good song. Y'all so go listen good. to it. <laughs> Anyways, so Jesus is our Savior. First uh, John four fourteen says, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And so, big picture, He's the Savior of the universe. Like He has opened the gates. And there's a one song also from Church of City EP from Overflow that says, "I have access to the King of Kings." Like He is like through Jesus, we have access to the King of Kings. Which is crazy to think about. Insane. And so, <laughs> big picture, Jesus is the savior of the universe and the world and every single person who has ever lived and will live and is living now. But also, small picture, he's the savior of our lives. Like, he specifically sees your life and my life and has chosen to die on a cross to protect our specific lives. So, small picture, he's the savior of you and I. Um, and not only was he a savior when he died on the cross he constantly is rescuing rescuing us and saving us every single day um from spiritual warfare which we'll talk about in another episode from certain decisions from kind of just horrible things happen to happening to us that we might not always see he's constantly rescuing us from that kind of stuff um for me um i deal with and i talked about the beginning this is major anxiety where it's like crippling and i'm unable to really do anything and really function well and I pretend it's fine I pretend it's easy but like internally I'm like freaking out 
And every time he just he rescues me from that, from that state of mind and from that place. Um, Psalm 91, I love the Psalms when I'm really sad. I hang out in the Psalms because David's like sad most of the time in the Psalms, which is hilarious because he's a four on the Enneagram, if you know what that means. Um, and so <laughs> I hang in the Psalms when I'm sad because the Psalms give me the words that I'm unable to say. And so Psalm 91 mm. says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I'm trust, in whom I'm trust, whom, whom I trust. <laughs> Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and refuge his wings. You will be found ref... I can't read. We're both having issues reading today. (laughs) He will cover you with his feathers (laughs) and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And it keeps on going. Just like how wonderful God is in like the times of where I'm really anxious or I'm depressed and I need someone, someone to rescue me from the pit. Which I think also is talked about in Jonah, which I read this morning, is how God lifts, lifts us out of the pit. Um, that I'll talk about when we talk about depression. Um, and he's constantly rescuing us from people. Um, there are lots of doors in my life that have been closed that I didn't understand why they were closed at the time. But looking back, he saved me from going down a wrong path or saved me from pursuing a long relationship with a friend or a boy. And... He's constantly protecting, constantly rescuing, which ties it back to the father as well as the protector and the guide, but also as kind of like the mighty king who rescues his people. One of my favorite quotes I heard recently, I don't remember where from, but Christianity is the only religion where the God died for his people. That's a Tim quote. I think Tim Keller says that. I bet it is. Um, And then lastly, um, Psalm 82.1 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And so he is literally the one that goes out to fight for us. One of of my favorite worship songs right now is called Defender. I'm just quoting all the music. I don't know why. Maybe I need to go spend some time worshiping. I don't know. Um, Defender by Jesus Culture. And it talks about how God went and won the battle and told us it was our victory before we even understood what the battle was. He fights our battles for us. I mean, this is how I fight my battles, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's the one that goes out before us. He's our savior. He is our rescuer. Um, and so um, that's like one of the things or one of the reasons I feel like why we need to worship him and we need to give him that adoration. And a lot of our prayer life needs to be filled with us thanking him for what he does for us and for giving him the praise as our mighty king. Um, anything you want to add? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Are you okay? Yep. Okay. Um, and so he's our savior. And then my fave is he is our bridegroom. And I love talking about this because the Lord has been showing me a lot about this, um, as of recent, kind of this past year, um, how he is my bridegroom. And for guys listening, I know that's kind of weird to say that like he is, your groom and you are his bride but that's just how it be uh and so he wants us to be in intimacy with him and I feel like that we don't particularly like to focus on that or we just choose not to focus on that or we just don't even realize it's there um with Jesus um but we are married to Christ um Hosea 2 my favorite book in the New or Old Testament Hosea um is basically the story of 
a prophet who was called to marry a prostitute so that Hosea would understand what God's relationship with his people is like because his people are constantly running away from him and kind of how it breaks his heart um, and because he's in love with us and we choose to run away from him and how that breaks his heart and things like that. Um, and so chapter two, my favorite chapter of Hosea, it says, starting in 14, therefore I'm not going to lure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Um, and verse 16 says, in that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You'll no longer call me my master. Verse 19 goes into, I will betroth thee to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice and love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord. And so he's literally saying how we are married to him. Like this is a marriage, a covenant. Um, in um, the Old Testament, when Moses goes up to um, Mount Sinai to talk to God and um, right after he's led the Israelites out of Egypt, he is received, he, he gives God gives him the Ten Commandments. And in Israeli culture, tablets like that were wedding rings. That is what they symbolized. And so when God gave Moses the tablets, he did not just make one copy um, for Moses. He made two copies, one for the Israelites and one to put in the Ark of the Covenant for himself. Um, and so that was, that was God's way of saying, hey, I'm marrying myself to the Israelites. This is a covenant. This is a marriage where I will love you. And kind of like those fancy little cute little wedding vows that couples do on their wedding day, that is God with us. And so Moses goes down the mountain, and you know what the Israelites are doing. They're worshiping a golden calf. And Moses breaks the, the tablets, kind of symbolizing, you know, the broken marriage because the Israelites were cheating on God on their wedding night. And God calls Moses back up and gives him new tablets and saying, no. We're going we're gonna to do this again. I will constantly be renewing my covenant with you. And so we are in an intimate relationship with God where he wants to court us, where he wants to love us, fall in love with us, take us on dates, which is really gross and cringy, but it's true, um, and just romanticize us. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It's kind of why um, all throughout Matthew, when talking about end times and things like that there's like the the uh, the parable of the ten virgins and things like that of like these women or these brides waiting and preparing themselves for the bridegroom because that is what we are to christ we are his wife men included <laughs> um and so we're also supposed to be in an intimate relationship where god is constantly pouring out his love for us and we're supposed to be pouring out our love for god where it's a beautiful um and deep thing um I feel like we don't focus on that enough and as a hopeless romantic like myself I love it it's so cool anything you want to add Holly nope I need to go to the bells again bell ding, ding, so ding, 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 ding. we are on part three how to maintain a relationship with God so literally and again I'm gonna be real because I like to be real with y'all I've sucked it up the past few days I've sucked it up on Me my too. relationship with God I think that's why I'm in a funk is because I have not been prioritizing. And the minute I was like, oh, I'm too tired to do this, I started falling off the path. And I began, I have begot, I have gotten attacked left and right. Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the armor of God. And that's kind of like one of the first scriptures we quoted in this podcast, um, first episode. And I did not, Ephesians 6, I have not put on the armor of God. And so the devil has been able to get to me easier because I have not been spending time in the quiet place with God in the morning. And so, 
how to maintain that it's hard because there is everything in this world that's trying to pull you away from Jesus because the world is of, of Satan and God is not of the world. Um, and so we want to give you just like tips and pointers and, and things to help you out from our own experience, especially in this season that we're in now where um, we are kind of dealing with the consequences of not pursuing God. Um, and so my first tip I want to give you is to start your day off with Jesus. There is a whole new outlook you have in your day when the first thing you're doing is um, giving your heart to God and pouring out your heart on his feet um, and you are allowing him to speak into you and you're allowing him to pour pour into you and you are Ephesians 6 in your day. Um, there is a completely different outlook you have when you do that versus when you don't. And I can tell you that when I don't do that, I'm irritated, I'm grumpy, I'm anxious, I'm worrying, I'm toiling, I'm striving and straining, and I'm just a completely different person. That was like me all day today. Yeah, I get it. That was me too. Um, and so, really start with it. Give Jesus your first fruits in the morning because that is so, so incredibly important. Are you okay, Holly? Yeah, I'm finding something. Okay, Holly's finding something. Do you want me to move on or do you want me to stay on this one? Um, and so... Basically, no, my yellow one. So it just makes a huge difference and all. Anything you want to add to Holly? No, I just, I agree with everything you just said. So I'm glad. Number two, um, reading your Bible and praying and spending time in the Word and spending time talking to Jesus. You can't really do one or the other. You can't really just read your Bible without talking to God and you can't just talk to your talk to God without learning about him from the Bible and so I think prioritizing both of those things and not setting a time limit on the amount of time you're gonna do it not being like okay I'm gonna do this for 15 minutes or I'm gonna do this for 10 minutes because God does not work in your timing and God does not work in the frame that you want to give him I understand there's like a point of like oh I have this much time before work, I can squeeze in quiet time and things like that. But there's a difference between, I think, that and just saying, okay, I'm only going to do this for 15 minutes, and I'm going to make sure God speaks to me in this 15 minutes. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is, well, I have two thoughts. The first thought that goes along with what you're saying is, which I think you and I both struggle with this, mm-hmm. is that we don't do a good job at, like, putting our phones away like and our distractions because I have learned that um it's hard for me to focus on what the Lord is saying when I have all these other voices also talking to me Mm. and you know it's interesting because so Christy spoke this weekend right Mm -hmm. and she said she made a comment um that was like something along the lines of are you spending or she said she's committed to spending more time in her Bible than she is. Uh, what does she say about more time in the Bible than the time that she's reading social media and the news? Yeah. So she's, like, actively making sure that the time that she's spending with the Bible is way is a way more amount, bigger amount of time than she is spending on social media and the news because, it, because that's going to determine what voices you're listening to. Mm. Mm, so if you're spending two hours... <laughs> Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you're good. spending two hours going through your social media news feed, which also has news in it, mm. um, and you're only spending a half hour 
in the Bible, you're getting an hour and a half more of voices mm. that don't matter to you than the voices that should matter. Mm, that's good. And, and so, that hits real hard for me. And so I, I remember when she said that, I was like, oh, that was like a stab in the yeah. heart because I spend so much time on my phone and on my computer and watching the news and all these things that make that don't matter. It goes back to Ecclesiastes. Like, mm. it's all meaningless. It's 100%. all meaningless. And so when it comes down to it, like, why are we spending time on these things that don't matter when mm. the only thing that should matter is Jesus? And it's another thing I think I heard... I saw, um, if y'all know who Cole LeBrant is, he's awesome. He loves Jesus, and his family is super cool. Um, he tweeted a f- while ago. Um, he was kind of like, my daughters recognize my voice because they listen to me. And God wants us to recognize his voice by listening to him. And it's like, we're not going to be able to recognize his voice unless we give him the time of day to, to speak to us. Well, that's like the other hat that he wears. Like, the shepherd, right? Mm. When he talked, the, the whole, um, the parable of the good shepherd, mm-hmm. how, like, the sheep hears his voice, and they know, mm. like, they know him. They know his mm, voice. That's good. And we also, it's in, I just, John. literally just read it. John. Yeah. And that's, like, something that we need to also be thinking about. Like, we are his sheep. He's the, he's the best shepherd we could ever. Yeah. But we're never going to be able to know if we don't. We don't, we're never going to be able to know where he's calling or where he's leading us if we don't know what his voice sounds like. Mm. And so if you're, not list, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not praying, if you're not actively pursuing your relationship with the Lord, you're never going to know because you don't know what his voice sounds like, which is something you've told me many times. 100%. And something that I need to listen to as well, especially in this season. And it's something that when Holly and I were discussing what we wanted to talk about for this earlier, she kind of talked a lot about, I mean, kind of like the season that we're in right now. The mini season, the four-day season that we're in. Hopefully that will change tomorrow morning, my lord. But life gets hard, and you sometimes wake up and you don't read the Bible. That was me this morning. And you don't want to pursue Jesus. And we're not saying that's okay. We're saying that that's going to happen at some times, at some points. And you're going to have to push through that complacent feeling complacency has been a word i feel like we've said a lot on these podcasts and a lot that we've said to each other because we both don't want to get in the point of complacency because complacency is um stubbornness and pride and those are not of jesus whatsoever and jesus does not call us to be complacent he wants us to continuously move and grow in his timing and in um his spacing but just know that you are not going to grow overnight you're not going to be from point A to Z in two days with your relationship with God. It morphs. Kind of like, I think you use this analogy, like, um, about the baby. Or the babies, like, how we're, we're young and we're, like, toddlers and we're baby children of God. And how um, it's a learning to walk process with Him. Um, and we're going to fail a lot and we're going to fall down a lot. But that's where the grace of God comes in, which is a huge foundation of our relationship with Him. Um, which we'll talk about in another podcast episode especially. But just know that this is going to take time for you to continue to grow um, in your relationship with him and hear his voice clearer and see him moving clearer. And there are going to be some seasons where you really see that happening and there are going to be others where you don't. Um, And so just know that his timing with you is going to be different than your families or your friends or ours or your pastors. It's all going to be so different. 
Um, and something that we also say a lot is, Holly and I were really close. I'm 19, she's 26, and even though we're close and maybe I'm mature for my age or whatever, she still has to say, Emma, there's still seven years that I have lived that you haven't. And so that means that her outlook on life and her relationship with God is, the dynamic of that is very different than mine. And so age is a thing when you're comparing your relationship with God to other people. He's working in somebody else's life at a different time, and they're maybe different age than you, and so it's going to be very different than yours. And so don't get caught up in the comparison game and the I want to be at this point game and miss out what God is doing in your season at that time for you. Um, And just know that there's going to be hardships because that's how relationships work. That's how relationships function. Um, Because we're imperfect people and we're going to mess things up and we're going to ruin it a lot of times. Not that God ever will because he's perfect. But... I mean, kind of shows why relationships are so messy here on earth. Even when God is the center, it still is hard. Um, so just know that there are hardships along the way of that. And Jesus, Jesus promises that all throughout the Gospels. Um, and so don't be discouraged when hardships come your way in your relationship with God or externally in your life. Um, and just know that it's a sign of growth and it's a sign of you growing and morphing into the person that God wants you to be. I just think the last thing that I want to suggest when it comes to uh, like cultivating your relationship with God is finding someone mm. that is going to push you, like a physical person. So like Emma is that for me. And Holly is that for me. Yeah. So we, like the past few days we haven't been good at this, but it's because we both have been... Sucky. Yeah, so, but usually, we are pretty good at knowing when the other person needs to, like, come back a little bit, come back to, come back to Jesus just a little bit, and, and because we know each other so well, and so, I just want to encourage you to find someone like that, because it's so helpful, like, I know, I am 100% convinced that my relationship with the Lord would not be where it is if it wasn't for Emma, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not, really trying to give her all the glory Mm-mm. it's really the holy spirit that's using her to speak to me 100%. and so Same with Holly. i just think i i just think it's so important and and god didn't create us to be alone anyways and so he really created us to have community and to have friends and to have people around that surround you to push you closer to him and so um because of that it's important for you to at least have one person mm-hmm. in your life that is going to do that for you um, because if not, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be really hard. It's gonna be really hard to do it by yourself. And so you just, yeah, find someone. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't a jumbled mess. Um, and I hope this was authentic and encouraged you in some way to know that, I don't know, like there's gonna be hardship and struggle, but also learning how to navigate that with your relationship with Father. So, all that being said, I'm Emma. I'm Holly. And, and we'll catch, catch you on the flippity flop. flop.